All right, we are once again coming to you live from Music City, USA, a.k.a. Nashville, Tennessee. This is the All Anal Podcast with Sebastian Starr. I'm your host, Sebastian Starr. And today we're taking things into a slightly different direction, doing things a little bit differently. Um, I had noticed a couple of weeks ago that people on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, etc., were complaining that uh, teens and tweens of this generation don't have other teens and tweens to kind of look up to uh, in regards to pop culture and and just mainstream media. You know, there are no TV shows or movies that star, you know, 12, 13, 14-year-old girls doing 12, 13, 14-year-old girl shit. You know, everybody wants to be grown now. And I thought about it to an extent. The last influencer that we had that hit that demographic that age range was Zendaya now Zendaya is a phenomenal actress she is you know she is well deserving of everything that she has right now and everything that she's receiving in the future but she's also a full-fledged adult she's like in her early 20s so she's doing things that are appropriate for someone her age to be doing however like I mentioned she was the last person to be a heavy influence on the teens and tweens of this current upcoming generation. So the only thing that they can see her on is shows like Euphoria, which I don't know if you've ever seen Euphoria, but it is definitely not a show that you would want your 12, 13, or 14-year-old daughter watching. It's a great show, but it's very much so not teen, tween age appropriate. So... What I had stumbled across while browsing through social media was a couple of different things that I think will kind of help push and elevate in that direction. And conveniently, all of them circulate around positive black representation in multimedia uh, variants. So uh, first one I want to talk about the show from a couple years ago. Uh, Craig of the Creek, which is a cartoon animated series on Cartoon Network. I remember when it first came out and I was like, wait a minute, there's a show about a little black boy named Craig, which has to be one of the blackest black names on planet Earth. (laughs) He's a little boy. He's like 10, 11 years old. He spends all of his time outside, not on phones, not on games, not on... You know, he does regular 10-year-old boy shit. He spends all of his free time outside with his friends at the creek that connects all of their backyards together. And he's super, super smart, super duper adventurous, super, super charismatic, super duper creative. You know, he's like the inventor of their uh, little clique, their little triage. And I've been talking about Craig Creek for years and I love it. First of all, it's funny as hell. It is a hilarious show. I, I, I adore it. Second of all, you don't really see, up until the point Craig of the Creek was created, which again, is a couple of years old. It's about five, six years old. Up until the point Craig of the Creek was created, you didn't see a whole lot of shows that had, you know, black main characters, not the side piece, not the token character. He's the main character. The show is about him. And it's still an ongoing show. I remember last summer... Uh, when me, my husband, and my stepkids, we would kind of just make a thing out of it. We would watch the whole series, and it, and it got to the point where kind of like Steven Universe, where it started off really, really silly and funny and quirky, 
Um, but then it started to get really, really serious. Then the plot started to thicken and a storyline started to blossom and develop. And now you're invested, right? They kind of lure you in with this, you know, silly, quirky stuff in the beginning. And then out of nowhere, they'll just start dropping down on you. You know, the, this, this thick, this very tense situation starts to bubble. These new characters start to be introduced very uh generously or gradually is the word that I'm looking for. And the next thing you know, you're seven episodes deep trying to figure out what the hell's happening next and you don't know what's going on and you're invested in a children's show. And again, this is just a show about a little boy who goes on adventures in his uh, neighborhood creek and 90% of what they do happens there. But another reason why I love, love, love Craig and Creek is again, the positive black family representation that is constantly just flourishing throughout. First of all, he lives in a nuclear home. So there's no single parent here. There's no single mom or single dad. It's both of his parents. He has an annoying older brother, annoying little sister. He's smack dab in the middle. Uh, the big brother is kind of like, oh, you're so you're so goofy. All your friends are so silly and you just do all of this silly stuff and blah, 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 blah. You know, he he thinks he's grown when he's like in reality, 15 or 16 years old. Uh, the little sister is secretly a genius. She likes watching shows about the stock market and politics. Um, the, the father is, you know, a lovable guy who throws out lame, corny dad jokes from time to time. And the mom is, of course, the solidifier. She kind of keeps everything together and keeps everything moving and grooving. She does constant check-ins with all of her children and makes sure that they're getting the attention that they need and that the house is taken care of and all of that stuff. They even go as far as introducing Craig's grandparents and uh, distant family. So you, they'll go over his grandparents' house from time to time. And both of the grandparents do what black grandparents do. Uh, I love seeing uh, them interact with each other. They got the uncles and the cousins who kind of come in. You got the aunties that kind of play a role from time to time. It's a big, beautiful family that always comes together. And there's never any like bickering or like judgment or criticizing but it feels like a very genuine black family they use correct terminology for certain things like they'll say things like i need to get my box braids done or you know she'll have a wrap scarf on or a bonnet or you know what i'm saying and they even mention and this is something that kind of plays a role in all three of the shows that i want to mention relevancy it's relevant Things that are happening now in the real world, you'll see snippets of that throughout Craig of the Creek. There's an episode where they're visiting the grandparents' house and the daughter, the little sister, Jessica, she's going through a photo album with her grandma and her grandma was like protesting whatever, you know, civil rights type of thing. And it kind of gets serious just for a split second where they focus in on the grandma's voice where she was like, yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on back then and there's a lot of stuff going on right now. And it's like, it kind of puts it in perspective that like not much has changed for the world from their perspective as a black family. Like these things are still happening, you know, whether you want to come right out and say it or not, they're still relevant and there's still things that need to be said. We're still making change basically is what they kind of boil down to. And, you know, the grandma is on like the city council. She's a city council woman. So she helps makes all of the changes in the neighborhood for where they live at and things like that. And she always voices her opinion about things that are, you know, crucial and important. And, and it's just, it's relevant. So I, I love that, first of all. And I'm going to tiptoe into each of these uh, shows. I have three shows for you. The second show 
is a bit of a newer show. It came out maybe a couple of months ago. It's called Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. And it's actually in the Marvel universe. So they do make a lot of references to Marvel MCU type. You know, they do those references from time to time. And I love this show because apparently if you, it was a comic book series, obviously. And according to sources, she, the, the main character's name is Lunella Lafayette, which is a long confusing ass name but she is supposedly the smartest person in the mcu in the marvel cinematic universe in marvel comic book in the marvel comic book universe let me let me rephrase the the acronym she's supposed to be smarter than tony stark iron heart uh bruce banner dr strange she's supposed to be smarter than all of them and she's a 14 year old girl living in like i, w- I want to say like the Lower East Side of some kind of New York neighborhood. They call it the LES, but I'm not sure what that stands for. Oh, I'm so fucking stupid. It stands for Lower East Side. <laughs> so it's okay. That just confirmed my dumbass, uh, whatever the hell you want to call it. So yeah, she lives in the Lower East Side of New York City, and she's supposed to be the smartest individual in Marvel history. And she's 14 years old. She's a 14 year old black girl. Uh, in the show, they have her living, again, a nuclear family. So she has her mother, her father, and her grandmother and her grandfather. All five of them live together in the Lower East Side of New York City. Her best friend is a Hispanic girl with two dads. So they, you know, very... Ca- and here's the thing. Real quick, time out. Whenever nowadays, like currently, lately, recently, whenever it comes up that someone has two same-sex parents... It's never a big deal. Like, I remember it being a huge deal being introduced on shows just five years ago. Like, um, not to get too, too much off topic, but Good Luck Charlie on Disney Channel. There was an episode where um, one of the kids' friends had two moms and Charlie's parents didn't know how to deal with that. And they were just like, I don't know what to do. It's, it's a lady in there instead of a guy. I'm usually used to talking to a dad. Like, it's just silly shit like that. But now it's like, you'll watch shows like The Loud House, where one of Lincoln's friends has two dads. It's nothing. In this show, uh, Lunella's best friend is a Hispanic girl with two dads. And it's just very casually, these are my parents. You know what I mean? Like, And I love that that's not a big deal anymore because that is relevant you know it it was a big deal 40 50 years ago to see interracial couples on tv now you know that's kind of becoming the new norm like it used to freak people out and it used to make people really really uncomfortable but now it's just a normal thing and i really like seeing that because there are still people who make a big 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 deal about same-sex marriages and there's still people who make a big 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 deal about interracial couples and it's just like, why the fuck does that matter? Who cares? Like, that's how I look at it anyway. But anyway, I digress. So that's very casually girl thrown in there. Her best friend, you know, would just be like, my dads are doing this silly thing and I don't want to get in their way. So I want to do something with you this weekend or whatever the case may be. So, and the plot and premise for Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur is, again, Lunella Lafayette is a super genius, 14 years old loves science, loves engineering, loves technology, accidentally creates a, like, like a multidimensional transporter device that she accidentally uses to unlock a portal to 
another time period, in walks the devil dinosaur, who she just calls devil because that's what his name translates to in dinosaur or whatever the case may be. And then they become superheroes. They go around saving people in the Lower East Side of New York from crazy supervillains that exist coincidentally because um, that's it's Marvel and why not? Uh, and I've even men- I've even heard this mentioned in the last couple of episodes that I watched. Every bad guy she catches, she sends to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters, which kind of further solidifies the Marvel uh, MCU uh, connection. So every single bad guy she catches goes to S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, they're responsible for them from that point moving forward. And, you know, her best friend kind of helps her with her social media presence. You know, get the word out. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur here to save the day. They're the neighborhood heroes, whatever the case may be. Uh, And similarly... In Cradle Creek, where it is mentioned that, you know, things are happening outside. Now, the difference between, before I dive into that, the difference between Cradle Creek and Moon Girl, which both of them are animations, both of them are cartoons, but Moon Girl kind of does a more direct job at talking about relevancy as far as what um, communities are facing in today's world, literally, uh, I just finished watching the entire series on Disney Plus yesterday. The very last episode is about gentrification. So these two people, like two inventors come and say, hey, we have a great idea to help make the neighborhood better, right? Um, doesn't that sound familiar? Anyway, uh, so she agrees to it because, she, again, she loves technology. She loves advancements in technology. And they're saying that they're going to just do all of these advancements to help better the neighborhood. What they really are doing is trying to transform the neighborhood into their ideal image of better, which is quiet, clean, graffiti-freed streets, um, you know, not a whole lot of side businesses, not a whole lot of family owned businesses, not a whole lot of, you know, diverse cultural restaurants, none of that. They're basically whitewashing everything or gentrifying everything. And they even use the word gentrified in the episode, which blew me because this show was directed for like preteens and, and, and tweens, right? Anyone between the ages of 10 and, and 14, you know, can sit and enjoy the show. So the fact that you're teaching, you know, 10, 11 year old boys and girls about what gentrification is and giving them a clean, clear example of what that looks like and then expressing how wrong it is. Like she had to stop them. She's like, you're tearing apart our neighborhood. You're stripping away our culture. You're taking something that belonged to us and turning it into something and then turning around and saying that it belongs to you now. And that's not how that works. You can't do that. You can't come into our home, kick us out, and then tell us that we can't. You know what I'm saying? So I love that. I thought that, that was beautiful. And, of course, they save the day. They take back the neighborhood, and everything goes back to being hunky-dory by the end of the episode. So I thought that was very, very I thought that was great that they were mentioning that because again, that's relevant. When you hear adults talk about gentrification as a child, you don't know what that means. So to have it visibly displayed, you know, for example, the first big thing that they did was they were doing advertisement for these new uh, technologies, you know, these self, um, these self-serving robots that are going to be floating around kind of helping people get from point A to point B and like doing stuff for them. 
Uh, they replaced this big, beautiful mural on one of the old buildings with the advertisement. And then they even pointed out like, hey, didn't that mural used to be right here? I wonder why they took that down. And then the robots start giving out citations, no loud music, no graffiti, no um, bodegas and little food carts nowhere. You need to have a permit for this stuff. Now, if you don't have a permit, you can't do it. And then it just becomes more and more crippling and it gets worse and worse and worse as the episode progresses. But again, uh, the because the main character is a little black girl, they have to incorporate black girl struggles. So there's an episode about her trying to find something to do with her hair, right? She wears it in two big puff balls and she feels like it's unkept and unprofessional and she wants something cleaner, neater, more appropriate, more attractive, you know, to society. She doesn't want the puff balls anymore. She wants something straight, silky, pretty, things like that. Um, that's relevant because a lot of little girls think and feel that way about their hair. So you have to have that positive, there's nothing wrong with your hair, it's beautiful, it's your crown. You know, they very much hammer that home. And again, it's relevant because little girls are constantly, little black girls specifically are constantly being, you know, criticized or judged about how they wear their hair and what they do with it. And it's just disgusting. But anyway, okay. And third and final show, this was for more of the big kids. This is like for the teenage group. So 13 through 15 you know, can enjoy this. It's called Saturdays, and it's also on Disney. Disney be coming in hard with these new shows. And this show is like brand spanking new. Like, it literally came out last week, and I just finished it yesterday. <laughs> I just finished it yesterday. It's about a little girl named Paris. She's like 14 years old. She lives with, again, nuclear family. She has her mother, her father, her older brother, her older brother's friend, who's kind of a, a, a goofball. He's... <laughs> Oh, God. He's just this big, goofy-ass dude. Um, and during the week, it, there's not a whole lot going on. They really just kind of get through their week to get to a skate rink called Saturdays. And there is where all of their adventures kind of take place. Now, what I love about this show, and I just started watching it this past week, and I just finished it, like I said, yesterday. What I love about this show is how accurate it is because again she's 14 years old she doesn't dress like an instagram model she doesn't have a face full of makeup she doesn't have on lace front wigs 10 inch nails you know she ain't showing her ass and you know none of that she's she looks like a regular ass 14 year old girl she looks like someone who is still trying to navigate life and understand what the world is. Like, she's not trying to grow up too fast. She's still very much a child. And her friends, one of them is kind of like, you know, a fashionista. So she's a bit of a diva. Not high maintenance, but she's very, like, she's a pretty girl, right? And then the other one's kind of this quirky, kind of weird, like, hippie. She's into, like, fairies and butterflies and weirdo shit like that. Um, but they, they complete each other. They balance each other out. And... The main character, Paris, she's the one who be doing too much. They always, in every single episode, they say, look, man, I understand what you're trying to do is a nice gesture, but sometimes you just be doing too much. And she's like, when do I ever be doing too much? And they do a little flashback of the last time she did something that was just a little too much. And I actually made a post about this on my personal Facebook page. It gives me very much like Lizzie McGuire Sister, sister, that's so raven goofiness. You know, if you think about how goofy and silly 
Lizzie McGuire, sister in that show, Raven was. That is exactly the level that this show was on, which is perfect because, again, people were complaining that tweens and teens didn't have, you know, shows that showed them. You know, they only had shows that showed adults and teenagers acting like adults. This is a, a live action show, not an animation. This is a live action show about teenagers who act like teenagers. Like, you're 14, you're in eighth grade, act like it. You know what I'm saying? Funniest thing that blew me, very first episode. <laughs> very first motherfucking episode. They get to the skate rink and they're like, hey, this rapper is coming here to shoot their music video, but he's only looking for people who are 18 and older. Damn, you're 14. You can't do it. So what do they do? They decide to dress like how they think 18-year-olds dress. And what's funny to me is that they're 14. So they don't know how to dress like an 18-year-old or even what an 18-year-old looks like. So they come in to the skate rink very overdramatically dressed as what they think an 18-year-old would look like. And what's funny is most 14-year-olds look like how they were trying to look with the extended lashes and the you know, 30, 40 inch weave and the super tight clothes and just way too much makeup, oversized jewelry, talking all crazy, but they're 14. So they're doing what they think they're supposed to be doing, not what they actually, you know what I'm saying? And I just thought that was beautiful. It was, it was great. I thought it was so fucking funny. And then the show itself is actually really, really funny. And again, it, it has relevancy. There was an episode where she goes and she's, uh, it's wash day. So she's going to the hair salon to get her hair done. And she's, she's natural. She has her natural hair out. It's either out in the fro with the little side twists or it's up in a ponytail or something like that with the little spiral bang in the front. 100% all natural hair, no perms, no relaxers, no sew-ins, none of that. Even her friends, uh, one of them got the butterfly locks, ironically, because <laughs> I'm just thinking about this ironically because she's obsessed with butterflies. So of course she has butterfly locks and the other one got the cornrows with like the updo. And then it's just, it's, per it's beautiful. I love it. And again, it's an all black cast. There's a, so much positive representation, all of the people. And then, Oh, um, Yo-Yo, the rapper from the nineties is the owner of the skating rink that they that they that they skate at. Her name is Duchess in the show, but it's Yo-Yo, the rapper. So she uh, is there from time to time making cameos and things like that. And then you have um, Lord, what is his name? Mo from Smart Guy. I know his last name is Gooding, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s brother. I can't think of what his name is. Omar Gooding, I think, is what it is. Um, and then one of the girls from Girlfriends, kind of the mean one, uh, is the mom. And he's the dad. I should have wrote these names down and I apologize in advance. But it's an all-star cast for the most part. It's very well scripted. It's very, very funny. And again, it is positive black media for this generation and generations to come. So the thing that all three of these shows have in common, and I made sure to write this down, is that they all discuss in some form or fashion real world problems without making them out to be, you know all that they talk about because most shows that star like all black people they only want to discuss real world problems. there's no time for them to be silly there's no time for them to just be kids like they have to be adults 
right away. And in all three of these shows, like in Craig of the Creek, for example, um, their biggest their biggest obstacle right in the in the fleshy, meaty middle of the series was this very dramatic uh, capture the flag war. That was the biggest thing that they had going for nothing else. They weren't worried about racism or, you know, getting kicked out of someone for being rowdy black children. No, their biggest problem was a turf war between one half of the creek and the other half of the creek via a capture the flag war. That was their biggest concern for Moon Girl and uh, Devil Dinosaur. One episode um, that I watched, her biggest issue was she has an issue with making new friends because she's so awkward, right? She loves science and technology, so she. She's like a computer that just spits out information. And she's like, no one cares about statistics and, and things like that and chemistry and any of those things. I'm weird. I don't make friends easily. So when she gets invited to a sleepover, she's like, I don't know if I can do this. This is really anxiety inducing. And it's just, it gets, gets worse from there. Um, and then in Saturdays, oh my goodness, one of the episodes. <laughs> The Paris and her brother's name is London, which I thought was also really, really funny. So it's London and Paris. Paris is sick and tired of London's bullshit, basically. He's always embarrassing her. He's always getting on her nerves. He's always, you know, fucking up her piece. So she plays a prank on him by stealing his favorite pick. And his entire world falls apart. <laughs> his entire world falls apart. And he just does not know what to do. He can't function in life without this pick. And... It just kind of goes from there and it gets goes from bad to worse. And she's like, oh man, I think I made a mistake. I shouldn't have did that. And it's just, it goes from there. So all three of these shows, yes, they are relevant as far as the times, but they also showcase a side of media that has not been represented and it's way overdue. They should have been had shows like Craig of the Creek. Yeah, Craig of the Creek is a couple years old, but it's still going strong as one of the most popular, and in my opinion, one of the best new shows that Cartoon Network has come out with in the last 10 years. And I'm a diehard Craig of the Creek Cartoon Network fan. Like, if I had to pick a channel, Channel 26, Cartoon Network. I'm watching that all day, every day. Now, they kind of dropped the ball a little bit with Teen Titans Go. Um, it took me a minute to warm up to Gumball. I didn't care for Gumball in the beginning, but there was a couple episodes that made me laugh really, really hard. And I said, you know what? I can get jiggy with this shit. Uh, we Bear Bears was great. It ended really, really soon, though. Like, We Bear Bears came and went. Uh, Adventure Time had a lot of spinoffs that I never caught up with, but the show itself was really, really good. Same thing with the regular show. Had a lot going on with it, but I loved it. Um, some misses. Clarence was a big miss. Uncle Grandpa was a big miss. Teen Titans Go is a huge miss. And, but for some reason, people still like watching Teen Titans Go, and I can't make it make sense. So Craig of the Creek is one of the shows that has come out that is a absolute hit, and it hits, and it hits, and it hits, and it keeps going, and it doesn't stop. And another thing that I just thought about that I wanted to mention in regards to these three shows is the diversity of the casts. And Craig of the Creek, he has his A1s, right? He has his trio of, of friends. But what they also decided to do, and I love this, was give him a second group of friends to hang out with from time to time. So there's one episode of Craig of the Creek where his best friends, Kelsey and JP, are 
off doing their own things. They're dealing with family. They're dealing with other stuff that can't come to the creek to play. Okay, Craig's still there because, again, he lives his life at the creek. He pairs up with two more characters. Now, J.P. and uh, Kelsey are both white. He pairs up with two more kids in the creek that were also in the same predicament that he was in. Their cliques were off doing other things. They were busy. They didn't have time for him. Or they just couldn't make it to the creek that day. And then there's one girl. I love her to death. Her name is Sparkle Cadet. She is this little black girl with Sailor Moon energy who goes around spreading love and peace and good vibes across the cosmos. And that is her thing. She just does that. And then another little black kid, his name is Cannonball. His little clique is like the, the, the dirt bikers. They call themselves the 10 speeds. So they ride dirt bikes all day. So the three of them get together and go on their own little separate adventure to, you know, beat the heat. They're trying to find ice pops to cool down. It's a hot day and it's just them. So in addition to Craig having Kelsey and JP, his dynamic trio of friends, he also has a separate group of friends that he does occasionally bop back into that they also separately name themselves because they're all a part of different cliques. So they come together from time to time and just hang out. And those are his friends too. And then he makes friends with like Indian kids, Pakistani kids. You know, the entire creek is so diverse. There's like Muslim and Jewish and, you know, black, white, non-binary, you know, gender fluid kids. Everybody that you could possibly think of is in the creek just harmonizing together, living amongst each other, just chilling, just vibing, just doing their own thing. And that's fucking beautiful to me because usually in TV shows, there's always one type of person. If you think about Family Guy, for example, you always only see like white people everywhere. You see maybe a sprinkle of black and maybe a handful of Asian, but it's always, always a majority white people. Same thing with The Simpsons. Everyone there is yellow except for like four or five people um, and they all know each other, the ones who aren't yellow. Uh, so in Craig of the Creek, that the diversity, everybody is different. Everybody is different. There's no majority, nothing. Um, you got the little girl who runs the trading tree who's black and Asian mixed. You got the kid who runs the, um, the daycare for the itty bitty kids who is non-binary. You have some of the older kids. A lot of them are Muslim. Some of them are Indian. Some of them are mixed race. Um, and they don't just say white or black. They'll say Irish or, you know, uh, German or something like that. They really go into specifics about it. So it's such a diverse cast of people, kids. I absolutely love to see it. And same thing kind of goes for Moon Girl and Dino, De Devil Dinosaur. I keep getting the names mixed up. Their, their city is pretty diverse as well. Again, it's the Lower East Side of New York City. So it's a lot of Hispanics there. That, and all of them talk Spanish. There's a lot of black there's a lot of white there's a lot of mixed you know it's beautifully beautifully diverse and saturdays the majority of them are black yes but they still have their mixed race they're asian they're white they're they're scattered throughout the masses but for the most part it is majority black on saturdays but i don't think there's anything wrong with that either <laughs> call me biased call me a hypocrite call me what you want but Again, shows like these are so long overdue. And now in 2023, we have currently running three good examples of what I can think. I'm sure there's more out there. I'm sure more shows like this exist. 
But for what I've seen recently, these three shows are doing a phenomenal job at being great examples of positive black medium and entertainment. They are age appropriate for their demographics. Uh, they range from 10 to 15. Anybody in any in any of that age range can enjoy any of these three shows and they will find, you know, relevancy. They will find, um, they will see themselves in it. You know, Craig of the Creek, every time I watch it, I think of my nephew. Every time I watch Craig of the Creek, I think about my nephew. And some of the characters remind me of my other nephews and nieces. You know, whenever I watch Moon Girl, I feel like if there's little girls out there who are into science and engineering and mathematics and a little bit of fantasy, they will see themselves in that main character. And then, of course, in Saturdays, that the main character of that show is every she represents every single little black girl in America right now. And these are the black girls who act their age. These aren't the ones who are trying to grow up too fast and get boyfriends and, 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 you know, go out and do all this grown folk stuff. These are just kids being kids. These are teenagers being teenagers. They're not trying to grow up too fast. They're not trying to prove a point. They're not trying to, you know, show that they're bigger than they actually are. They're just trying to enjoy themselves right now. In the moment, their biggest issue is how to deal with school and how to deal with big brothers and how to deal with bullies and how to deal with bad hair days and how to deal with, you know, little things like that that don't really matter. You shouldn't be worried about getting a job or paying bills or babysitting your siblings or none of that hardship shit. You just want to enjoy your life as a 14 year old girl. And that's literally all that she's doing. And I absolutely love seeing that. So. My recommendation for positive black medium, Craig of the Creek on Cartoon Network, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, and Saturdays on Disney+. Plus. They are absolutely here. And they're all streaming. And this isn't no advertisement. I'm not speaking for these networks. I'm just a black woman coming to my platform to speak on things that I think the rest of the world should know about. And I think that the rest of the world needs to know if you don't know already about these three shows because all of that that you've been looking for, for your children, for your black sons and black daughters to see and be influenced by and see themselves in media, this is it right here. Your daughters, your sons, your nieces, your nephews can see themselves in these characters and feel better. You know, the point of these shows, the point of shows for tweens back in the day was to give you something to relate to. You know, you watch Lizzie McGuire, she school, you know, that's all that this girl in this show is trying to do is just make it to Saturdays. And the problems that she faced were not detrimental problems. They didn't control her entire life. They didn't rule over her to the point where she couldn't function in society. They were just silly little issues that came across that she had to have a resolution to. And that's all that this is. So that's my little three cents on it. I highly recommend going back into watching any of those because, again, they matter. They're relevant. They're important. And I'm a parent, a brand new parent. My daughter can definitely grow up and watch any of these three shows. And I would feel... First of all, that she's not growing up too fast, that she's still a kid who does kid shit 
and can still behave and react as such. And they're all, they're all very, very positive. They're all very, very positive shows, very, very positive influential shows that remind you that it's okay to still be a child. So anyway, that's all I got to say about that. Thank you again for tuning in. I absolutely love the support. And until next time, I will speak to you all later.